Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. All right. Welcome to uh, lesson number 13. Um, 13, 13 lessons um, over however many weeks we've been doing this. Tonight we're going to look at the church. Um, so we're over halfway through this thing. Through this. Halfway. This, oh over goodness. halfway. Way over halfway. No, we're, let's see. Just wow. to, to get you, give you a sense of the future here. We, we've got, we got the church today. Um, and we should probably talk about the ministry. We're going to touch on it a little bit. Uh, we'll wait on that. So we'll talk, we'll talk about the ministry when we talk about confession and absolution. That's a good place to put it. But anyway, we're, uh, then we'll have a couple of weeks. We'll talk about the sacraments um, next. And then um, so the sacraments. Um, um, then we'll talk about uh, civil government uh human ceremonies um like that means uh uh you know liturgical these kinds of things um christian freedom uh prayer uh and then the resurrection of the dead that kind of stuff heaven and hell so we've got about another i don't know five, six, seven weeks of this, however many, how, I don't know how long it'll take me to get through the sacraments. Um, all right, so, but tonight's the church. Uh, well, let's, let's start with a prayer and I'm gonna break my normal pattern and open with a different prayer than what I normally open with. Gracious Father, we pray for your holy Catholic church, fill it with all truth and in all truth with all peace. Where it's corrupt, purify it. Where it's in error, direct it. Where anything is amiss, reform it. Where it is right, strengthen it. Where it is in want, provide for it. Where it's divided, reunite it. For the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So, what could we mean when we use the word church. Body of believers. The body of believers. Okay. You're, you're jumping a, a tad bit ahead of what I want. Um, the building. Um, the, a, a, there, yeah, that's, that's more like, okay, so a building. So if I was to say, I, um, if Lauren was to say, say to me, have you left the church yet? Um, She's asking me, have I physically left the building, right? Okay. What, um, how is church being used if somebody said to you, how was church today? The service. The service. If you say, I belong to the Lutheran church. A denomination. Denomination. Um, if you say, the church is full of hypocrites. Correct. 
Correct. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> in that case, in that case, it's re you're referring to Christianity as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. It's full of hypocrites. Um, and if I say, um, uh, you, you are members of, of, um, a St. Peter's Lutheran church, you're referring to a congregation, right? So it shows you just how versatile this one little word is um, that we use. It can mean Christianity as a whole. This is just the way we use it. Christianity as a whole, it can mean a denomination. It can mean the worship service. It can mean the local congregation or the building. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's just how we in English use the word church. Um, uh, I, I just think that's interesting to see this to, to, to put out there just how we use this word very differently and so you can see with so with at least four five definitions that I was able to think of um, that when you see the word church in the Bible you have to ask well then what does this mean right uh, um, and, and so we're going to look at that a little bit. So we need to know, like, what is the church in the biblical sense, in the Christian sense? Um, what is the church, and um, um, where is it, and, and what's it, and how? Where, how do we can distinguish the true church from the false church, and this kind of thing? You're getting a delay overlapping. I'm getting what? A delay overlapping. Oh, there's a delay. Yeah. Oh. You're up twice. Bob and Pat, you are in view twice on our screen. So you might be hearing it twice. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, we are. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. All right. I'll get out of one of them. Get out of one of them. All right. Uh, okay. So this is interesting. The English word for church comes from the Anglo Saxon. It, you, it's. Um, you, it's in the Scottish language, it's Kirk. Kirk. Yep. And in German, Kirche. Right? Mm -hmm. Same same root. K-I-R-C-H-E. Kirche. Right? Um, English, it's the same thing, except for we stopped pronouncing, we, 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 we pronounce the C-H with a soft instead of a hard. Like, we don't pronounce like Bach. Right? Mm -hmm. If you pronounce church with a Bach, uh, it'd be much, it'd be Kirk, uh, which would be much closer to Scott and the German and Anglo-Saxon. All right. So that's what the word, the word comes from the, the Anglo-Saxon word comes from the Greek word kuriakos, which means belonging to the Lord or the Lord's house. So it's kind of funny. People say the church is not the building. Well, linguistically it is. Linguistically speaking, the English word church directly refers to the building. <laughs> um, just, that's just like the English word. It originally refers to the building, the Lord's house. But um, the Bible wasn't written in English, and you guys know that. We don't have any King James onlyists here um, who believe Jesus spoke with Shakespearean English. Um, the Greek word, how many of you know what the Greek word for church is? This is commonly known. An ecclesia. It is ecclesia, right? Um, it's where we get our word ecclesiastic, ecclesiastes, 
um, um, ecumenical, um, ecclesiastical, yeah. Um, and French, it's ecclesia. Ecclesia, right, that's right. Um, so that's um, ecclesia. It comes from, it's two words put together. Ek, which means out, out of, or from. And kaleo, which means to call, to call out. That's what the hmm. word means, to call out. Um, in the New Testament and the Septuagint, what's the Septuagint? We've covered this in other classes. Septuagint. Good. Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament done by the Jews. All right. And it was done before the New Testament, 250 BC in Alexandria in Egypt. The Jews translated the entire Old Testament um, uh, into Greek. And that's the version that the New Testament always quotes. The New Testament doesn't quote the Hebrew. It quotes the translation, as you expect, because it's the New Testament is not written in Hebrew. It's written in Greek. Anyway, so um, <laughs> um, the New Testament and the Septuagint translate a Hebrew word, kahal, which means assembly, congregation, those called out, gathered, congregated. And so you'll see this, if you read through the Old Testament, you read through your Exodus or your uh, numbers, it'll say the whole assembly, right? It'll the whole assembly gathered at Mount Sinai, right? In, in, in Greek, that would say the church. The, church, the whole church gathered around Mount Sinai. Um, um, you, so, um, and in, in, the, in the Old Testament, Israel is called the church of the Lord, the assembly of the Lord. Um, and, and if you look in the Old Testament, um, you get four stages to this, um, um, four things that are involved in this Old Testament assembly of the Lord. Um, you get, um, I'm going to write them over here for you people with computers. <laughs> um, first you get its, um, it's called by God himself. It's convoked. The assembly is, is called by God. Okay. Second thing that you see in the Old Testament, God, that God is present. He's present in the assembly. So think of the mountain. So who told the Israelites to go to Mount Sinai? God did, right? He called the assembly. And, and God was present there. He was on the mountain right um the next thing that happens is god speaks right and the third thing that happens is a sacrifice and a meal um the elders there's just there's sacrifices made and the elders go up and they have a meal with moses and god um so um, that pattern is the pattern for the, the assembly, quote unquote, in the Old Testament. Um, you see this um, in Solomon's temple in 1 Kings 8. You see it with Hezekiah's Passover in 2 Chronicles 29 and 30. You see it again with Joshua's renewal of the covenant in 2 Kings 23. And you see it from, with the return from exile in, in Nehemiah 8 
and uh, eight and nine uh, and elsewhere. But those are the main, those are main sections where, where that happens. Um, so then that's how it's used in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, this refers to the New Testament's churches, the, the early Christians gathering together uh, around the word of God and the Lord's Supper. Um, and it also follows, follows that exact same fourfold pattern. Um, Sunday worship is convened by God, right, through his ministers. Um, he promises to be where two or three are gathered in his name. Uh, God's word, God speaks through his word where it's read and, and sung and preached. Um, and the once for all sacrifice for Christ becomes present on the altar and is given out to you to eat and to drink. Um, so you can see how the New Testament, if you look at worship, which we'll do maybe later, and you look at the same broad pattern is in the is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, it, 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 this is just how God is worshipped. But this is also um, the pattern for what the church is. Um, the church, the word church or ecclesia, in the New Testament, um, can be used to refer um, to all believers of all places. Uh, I'm going to read one. Someone open their Bible up to Colossians chapter 1, uh, please. I'm going to do the 1 Corinthians 1 here. 1 Corinthians 10.32. Someone else uh, grab Colossians chapter 1. I've got it. Okay, thank you. So 1 uh, Corinthians 10.32. Um, reading from the ESV. Um, give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, right? So here, church of God refers to all believers. And then Colossians 1.18. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Great. So he's the head of the church, right? This is all believers everywhere. It's not just, you know, oh, Jesus is the head of one little place in Colossae, right? Uh, it's, it's referring universally there. But the word church can also refer to a local congregation. Um, uh, Susan, while you're in Colossians, can you uh, have open Colossians 1? Verse 2 and then 24. And I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians. So in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Right? So it's a specific church, a local congregation in Corinth. Uh, same thing in 4.17. Um, this is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of the ways in Christ. Uh, um, as I teach them everywhere in every church, in every church. So in, in, in that case, the word church is, is used to refer to local congregations. Uh, Colossians 1, verse 2 and 24. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. And 24, you said? Yep. 
Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. Right. All right. So, um, so that's, so, um, so we saw, so, so that shows you in the New Testament that it, it, the word church is sometimes used to refer to all Christians and sometimes just used to refer to local congregations. Um, the local congregation um, is the, ch the church of God called out in that area, right? Um, um, th that's, that's important to note. We're going to come back to that. Um, um, yeah, Wh whose church is it? God's church. Yeah, God's church, yep. Uh, more specifically, who said, I will build my church? Christ. Jesus. Christ, yeah. right? Christ. The gospel reading for this coming Sunday. Um, that's Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, um, right? He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, by the way, um, oh, what's the mic? Anyway, the church of, uh, so, um, so Jesus founded the church. Um, and he, he, he started the church by calling and gathering apostles, right, around him. And he, he trained them. He discipled them. And then he commissioned them. He sent them out to uh, proclaim the gospel to baptize and administer the sacraments. Um, and, um, and he did this with the specific intention of building a community um, in the world. Um, and so, uh, and, and giving and so he gives this community the power, the authority to baptize, to preach, to discipline, um, and to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Um, the, the church is an article of faith. It's something we confess. Where do we confess regularly the about creed. the church? In the creed. Oh. Right. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church um, or in the apostles creed. I believe in the holy Catholic church um, footnote. The reason why we say Christian, we say Christian because um, of the German heritage uh, in German, the German translation of the creeds at the time of the reformation translated the, the Latin and Greek word, uh, the Latin word uh, Catholicum, Catholic, into the word uh, Christlich, Christlicher or something like that, Christian. So when the Germans switched from oh. German to English, they kept Christian um, because they were used to that in their mother tongue. Despite the fact that all the other Protestant denominations in English don't say Christian. They say Catholic. And we have a footnote in LSB, if you've ever noticed. It'll say, anytime it's in the creed, there's a footnote there that says Catholic. Um, and we'll, what does the word Catholic mean? We'll get to it later, um, near the end. But I just wanted to mention, um, I learned the creed first saying the Holy Catholic Church. 
Um, so that's why when I'm spouting it off off the top of my head, that's what comes first to me. Um, it doesn't matter. Both the German and the Latin are in our confession. So, what, but what that's a small C for Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to make or, the distinction there between yeah. Roman Catholic and, and Holy Catholic. <laughs> and, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, not the Roman Catholic Church. Right. <laughs> it's a good. Uh -huh. It's right there in the creed. Um, uh, <clears throat> and we'll get that. Um, and so when we say that. When we confess our faith, I believe um, in the Holy Christian Church or the Holy Catholic Church. We're, we're, we're saying that we believe that God uses the church, that um, he, he teaches and he governs our way of life and he gives us his gifts through this body called the church. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, what is the church? A couple of weeks ago in Romans chapter 8, um, we had that verse, those whom God chose, he also called. Romans 8 verse 30. Um, so when we think about the church, we should always think about the, congreg um, the congregation of those who have been called by the gospel which we call the visible church. We'll define that. Um, we shouldn't imagine that there are Christians outside of other visible local communities somewhere, right? Um, we'll get to why, why, we'll back this up as we go and you'll see the reason why as we unfold this. Um, but part of the reason is um, the, the gospel is a public announcement, right? It goes out into all the world. It's not a private, it's not a hidden thing. The gospel is preached and proclaimed by guys who've been sent to preach and proclaim it. Um, and there must, uh, be public ministry, uh, of the gospel, uh, and public gatherings. Um, so it's all public. There's public gatherings of people who've gathered publicly around word and sacraments to hear the gospel. Uh, and, and so it's, it's all public. Um, so um, there's no such thing as a lone wolf Christian. Uh, you can't be a Christian without uh, being attached to a local church. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to that, like I said. Um, so... Um, a key verse, a key verse uh, that we, um, yeah, it, it's a body of believers, yes, but I, I'll, I'll get there, I'll get there. Um, uh, but the body of believers only become believers because they've heard the gospel in a physical location from somebody preaching it to them or administering the sacrament to them. You can't be a believer without the church, without a local community of people who've come together. Uh, how will they believe unless he has been sent, which I preached on a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll unfold this. Uh, uh, one of the key texts here, very key text about the church, is Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I have a volunteer for the uh, 4. Ephesians chapter 4, not 2. <laughs> um, Ephesians chapter 4. Um, 
one through um, one through eleven. I want to read verse twelve because the translation is wrong. <laughs> um, one through eleven. Someone read one Ephesians four one through eleven. I'll read verse twelve to correct the translation. Anybody? Ephesians 1. Ephesians 4. 4. 1 through 11. Okay. Go, Wendy. <laughs> okay. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Okay. To which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. You're going to do yep. 12? Yep. To equip the saints, comma, for the work of the ministry, comma, for the building up of the body, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. So um, what's different? Because that's the comma. The, the comma. comma. Oh, the comma. Okay. All right. To the, it's not, it is not to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? Two separate things. It's not um, everyone a minister to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I don't equip you for the work of the ministry. I do the ministry. I equip you to have faith in Jesus and live in your vocation. <laughs> your vacation is not necessarily to ministry. Uh, right, you see the difference, um, and if anybody wants the technical details on that, uh, I can provide it um, after this. But it's uh, to equip the saints, comma, for the work of the ministry. The old King James had it that way, by the way. So if you have an old King James, you'll see the comma there. Um, it's in the RSV. It's in the R. Yeah, yeah. So I, at some some translations have the comma, some don't. Um, and, and the ones that don't are, are they, they have an, they have a bit of an agenda there. Uh, Ross has it now. I, 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 I have it now. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah, just a, just a little comma. Um, all right. I'll put it all right. <laughs> and Dr. Winger, the, the details are on that are in Dr. Winger's massive Ephesians commentary, which is on my shelf at the office. Dr. Winger Jr., not senior. Um, so, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so moving on, let's, let's get to a definition. So here, here's the, the definition for the church 
is in the Augsburg Confession. This is standard. I mean, everybody, every other Protestant denomination builds off of this definition. This is like um, the Anglicans quote this verbatim in the thirty in their confession, the Thirty Nine Articles, verbatim. It's it's uh, other churches. This is um, and for Protestants, this is like pretty standard. Um, our churches. Uh, our churches teach that the one holy church is to continue forever for the church is the assembly of the saints in which the gospel is taught purely and this, these sacraments are administered rightly. Right? There, so th there it is the gospel. There, it's the assembly of the saints in which the gospel is taught purely and the sacraments are administered rightly. Um, so, um, or as now, now it's Philip Melanchthon who wrote the Augsburg Confession, and in his theology textbook that I'm loosely basing this on, he elaborates that a little bit and says the visible church is the assembly of those who hold the gospel of Christ, Christ, and rightly use the sacraments in which God, through the ministry of the gospel, is efficacious, and He regenerates many to eternal life. Let's break that down a little bit. It's the assembly, the gathering. Think of an assembly at school. It, uh, it's the assembly, the gathering of all of those who hold on to the gospel of Christ, who believe that uh, your sins are forgiven for Jesus' sake, right? Um, and who rightly use the sacraments. What does it mean to rightly use the sacraments? Believe that they're the body and blood of Christ and bread and wine. And more than that. And more than that. Um, How they were administered. And that they were give they give forgiveness of sins. Bingo. That's it. That's what we're looking for. Administering administration is, is, is important. Um, but the the key thing is and, and it's in right in the small catechism, remember. The chief words are what are the chief words in the supper? Given and shed for you. <laughs> For the forgiveness of sins, right? It's and like I said in my sermon this past Sunday, it's not enough to just have these things. You have to actually believe them, trust that God is doing something favorable to you through them. Uh, that's to rightly use it. Believe that God is forgiving your sins through them. Um, otherwise, uh, they're not they're not any good to you uh, if you don't believe. Um, so. Um, and so that's what, that's what Melanchthon said, in which the, the ministry of the gospel is seen and God is efficacious through it, which means God's working as, as the, your minister, be it me or someone else, preaches the gospel and administers the sacraments. Uh, God's doing stuff, right? God, God uses his word to do stuff. Um, so... Um, so we say that all believers and only believers, properly speaking, are members of the church. That's what we call the invisible church. Why do we call that the invisible church? Can't always tell if someone is Christian because it's hard to see faith, right? So 
so what if we can't see their faith what do we judge them by their works their works their actions what else <clears throat> their confession what they say right they say i'm a believer i believe jesus died for my sins or, and you know they, we judge them based on their their actions true and also their confession um <clears throat> so because um because we don't know who um, truly has faith and who's just faking it, um, um, we call that the invisible church. But what we say is, wherever the gospel is, we know wherever the gospel is and the sacraments are being administered properly and used correctly, um, there we know that some people in attendance are true Christians. Right. That's that. That's because uh, God's word does what it says. That's the that's how you can tell where the church is. We're going to get to that a little bit more. Um, um, so the church is the people of God because these are the people and because these are the people who are visibly gathered um, around the means of grace, which are also visible. Um, and so the church is by its very nature a visible community. Even though uh, we don't know who believers are, um, ultimately, it's a visible community because it, it involves being gathered together physically around word and sacrament. Um, that means that um, virtual church um, is not, while it's important to have in this time of crisis, it's not, um, what's the right word? It's not, preferable. Uh, yeah, it's not preferable. It's, it, it, it doesn't express the nature of the church properly. Um, um, so um, now in, in the church, in our local, in our, in our local churches, um, there are also those who, while they agree with our teachings or they agree with Christianity, they might not necessarily truly trust in Jesus, or they might um, not be repenting of sin, like we talked about last week. Um, and so um, they have an external association with the church. We may or may we may or may not be able to know whether or not they're true Christians, and so we judge them based on their external uh, by their confession. Um, that's what we mean by when we talk about visible church. We mean everybody, whether they're a true believer or just associated with the church, gathered together around uh, word and sacrament. Does that make sense? Uh, the difference there between a true believer and someone who's externally connected. Uh, and we can't always see that difference. It's important we make the distinction, though. Um, so, um, the, the, the local congregation um, is the whole church. Remember, we talked all, it's the whole church in a particular space and time. The local church uh, doesn't belong to the Catholic church right? 
St. Peter's does not belong to the Catholic Church. It is the Catholic Church in our location. You see the difference? Um, there's, uh, um, he doesn't say to the church that belongs to the church that belongs to the church of God at Corinth. He says to the church of God that's in Corinth, right? To, the, to all of those who are gathered together around the word and sacrament, all the believers in Corinth. Right, um, uh, the church um, um, is is the extension of the work of Jesus. Right, Jesus. Uh, how does Jesus continue to do his work that he started when he was on earth? He does it through the church. Um, so that means, with all this, well, all what we said so far. Um, how important is it for a church to know about the gospel? <laughs> it's, it's, very it, it, it's very important. Super important, right? Um, if, the church, if a church does not know about the gospel, uh, the promise of forgiveness of sins freely for Jesus' sake, um, we have problems, right? Um, and so that it's it's super important. Now, um, and so what we mean, what we and, and so the church is always taught, and the Bible teaches uh, that outside of the church there is no salvation. Right? That old you might have heard the old Latin phrase "extra ecclesium nulla salus." Outside the church, there is no salvation. Uh, Acts four twelve. There is not another name given under heaven by which men must be saved. Um, the church is what was established by Jesus. The church, how will they believe in Jesus without preachers? How will they preach unless they're sent? Uh, uh, so without, now we're not talking about a specific denomination, right? We're talking about local communities of believers throughout the world. Uh, without the church, there is no salvation. You can't wander off and just do your own thing and be a lone wolf Christian. It just, it just doesn't work that way. Um, if you're a lone wolf Christian, how are you going to get the Lord's Supper? Right? Um, how are you going to baptize? Um, right? So you, you, um, how are you going to hear the word preached to you? Um, so outside of the church, there is uh, no salvation. But in the church, God works. He's efficacious. He uh, through the voice of the gospel, as we read it, hear it, ponder on it, uh, um, we are moved by the Holy Spirit who works with us uh, to give us faith, to renew us, um, right? Because uh, Romans 1.16, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe, right? What about other denominations that don't yeah. have the proper understanding of the sacrament? Good question. Good, good question. Um, do, um, do we have, where in my notes do I cover that? Um, da -da -da -da, I'm trying to see where I, oh, um, yeah, let's, um, I'm going to go, can I come back to that? Um, sure. Because, um, um, it's a good question. Bec um, and um, 
Melanchthon dealt with it later. And so in my notes, it's later in my notes. Um, but uh, we're, we will get to that. And, and he has a good answer on that. And he, he we'll, we'll, so we'll get there. Um, um, I can skip that, skip that. Um, how do you get into the church? No, I said, what if there is no church? In the area. In the area. What if there's no church? Do you know of an area that does not have a church? Where I grew up, there wasn't. Was we there were, a Catholic? There, there was no, no church of no. any denomination whatsoever. Fifteen miles away, and we would have had to go with riding on our horses. Wow, fifteen miles away. No, so there's no Catholic church, no Anglican church, no Presbyterian no. church, nothing. No. no. Wow. So, um, so you're well, saying I, I couldn't be saved then? No. Well, what did you do instead? <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> well, I didn't do anything well, because there was nobody to lead us. Um, but did your parents pray with you? Did they read the Bible? No, 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 no. My parents were not Christian. Well, and then you can't be Christian without the church. That's that's what I mean. You need you need the if you if you're a Christian and you find yourself in that situation. What do you do? Uh, well, you you pray and you read the word and you you do it as uh, a family until such time as you can connect. We with had the neighbors that were Christian. We had neighbors that were Christian. Right? Did they share the gospel with you? Oh, but they were Christian because of uh, background and they uh, read their Bibles and that sort of thing. And there was no church. They didn't couldn't go to church. Right. Um, I think but, there's probably lots of places where there are no churches, even today. Right, but it, think about the fact that they had a Bible. They had a Bible. Who produced the Bible? Who paid? Who 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 translated it? Who who paid for it to be sent out? Who who? I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. The church. Right. Christians. Christians in local congregations translated that Bible. Who then? made you know put it in a bookstore somewhere who you know uh you so even even tangentially even yeah. you you need the local there, there is no salvation outside of uh the church um that um we have to be careful with what god with what god has said in his word um and what he doesn't tell us can god save outside the church Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He's God. He can do whatever he yeah. wants. Yeah. Right? Well, but that's what happened with Paul. Right. 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 Oh, but in scripture, he does he promise that does he promise that he's going to do that? No, he does not say he's going. He can and sometimes he does, but he it's not assured. But where has he promised salvation will always be? Church. Where two or three are gathered, where, in his name. where two or three are gathered, right in His name, where, right. where He is, yes. And 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 but but, he but Dale makes a good point. Dale makes a good point. Where two or three are gathered, and what is what did we say the definition of churches? It is a visible gathering around the mm -hmm. Word and the sacraments of Christians. Now, if you don't, if you don't have, if you don't have, um, some of this is blending into a discussion on the on the ministry which we'll come to later. But uh, let's put that ministry pastors thing aside for a second. Um, 
And if you, um, if you have no church and there's two or three of you and you get together and you read the Bible and pray, you are the church. You are the church. That's right. by definition. Um, now, China. That's what happens in China. Absolutely. But, now, if you do that, because you don't like any of the other churches in your area that you can, that are across the street from you. Um, now that's a completely different set of problems, right? That, that, that's, that's, that's a, that's a different issue. But here we're talking about the specific situation where there is no church, no physical congregation, no building, no group of believers. Well, then you gather two or three together and you pray together. You are the church. If you're by yourself, you read your Bible, you are the church. Just like the Jews in exile, right? What did Daniel do when he was in exile? Well, he turned towards Jerusalem three times a day and prayed, right? That's, um, so there's those situations are true. But um, when, we say, when we say there is no salvation outside of the church, what are we trying to, what are we trying to protect? We're trying to protect the gospel. We're trying to say, if you're a Muslim, you won't be saved. Because that's not right. You, you see what it Outside of the church where the gospel is preached, there is no salvation. The church is where the gospel is preached. Outside of, uh, and, and outside of the gospel, you can't be saved. Right? That's, that's, the, that's the idea. Um, I mean, I was saved before I was a member of a physical congregation. I was saved because I read the word. But in that word, I read about the gospel and my next step was to find a local church and join it right um uh so that's but aren't you uh, being led by the holy spirit when that happens sure absolutely the holy spirit works so through it's the like you're 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 being led by the holy spirit to wherever you're supposed to go if you sure. to into that church or sure yeah and we'll come to we'll come to um uh, uh, picking churches and such, um, not quite picking, but yeah. So um, the church is the gathering of believers who are who who believe the gospel and uh, properly administer and use the sacraments. Um, if you can't have the sacraments because you don't have a minister, are you not the church? No. If you have the gospel and um, any Christian can baptize. Um, so you can have baptism, you can have the gospel, um, and, um, you can have the word if you have a Bible. Um, and so in that case, you, you can be the church. Um, what about denominations which don't have baptism or the Lord's Supper? Uh, Salvation Army does not have baptism or the Lord's Supper. Are they the church? So. Based on our definition. I don't know. It's a very tricky answer, but you can see um, it, 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 it's the definition does not, it's not an immediate, the definition says where the gospel is correctly preached and the, and the sacraments are rightly administered. As, um, what if the gospel is not correctly preached, right? That's what um, Dale was saying. We're going to get there. Um, so there's some questions, there's some uh, the definition uh, has other questions which pop up. Um, how do you get into the church? Oh, there's another question. I was just going to say that they think that they're doing it right. Yeah. 
you know, that that's where the, it's muddy that way because we think we're doing it right. United think they're doing it right. Pentecost thinks they're doing it right. Right. We all have those little things that keep that's, us apart from being one. Right. So and, who, and so who how, are we? Exactly. Good question. Uh, that that good question. Absolutely great question. Let's get there. Let me rattle through some of this so we can get to this. Seems like that's where you guys are interested. Um, <clears throat> Acts two thirty eight. Um, repent and believe the gospel and be baptized. That's how you get into the church, right? Ordinarily speaking, repent, believe the gospel, be baptized. Um, infants. What about infants? We'll get there when we talk about baptism. Um, the church's life. This is important. Where is the church? Now, now, now we're getting onto the question we are asking. Where is it? Um, let's start with Acts 2.42. Very important text. Um, the church is, um, the church is known by noting carefully what it does. Um, and, and this, and, and note what the church does in Acts 2.42. Mm -hmm. and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers um depending on how you interpret the verse you can see four things or three things there um it could be three things the apostles teaching fellowship which is the breaking of bread fellowship koinonia communion same word the communion, which is the breaking of bread, and the prayers, or you could be four things. Uh, the apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. doesn't matter either way. Um, but you see that. So the church is where you're devoted to the apostles teaching. It's where, assuming four, you have fellowship with, one, with the other Christians who also have fellowship with God. It's where you have communion, where you break bread, and it's where you pray. Um, so the church is known from where it is. Um, it, when, when we ask this question, where is the church? And when we get onto this topic of the church and you talk to other Christians about it, invariably you're going to run up with apostolic succession, with the idea that the true church is a specific bishop who ordained another bishop who ordained another bishop yada 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 and you got to be connected to these guys they're the right the right link the right chain right or else you're not in the true church um or um you uh, to put it even more simply you have to be connected with the pope in rome or you have to be connected to our group or else you're not truly christian um, this, when, when this is done like this, um, they're, they're doing it because they're imitating human governments where you have a king. And if you're in France, you're a subject of the king of France, right? Or, um, if you're in, um, the United States, you're subject to Congress or something, the council. Um, but faith does not rely on the authority of the church but on the voice of the gospel that's super important the church is bound not to specific groups of ministers 
but we're bound to the gospel. Um, and, and so because in order that the gospel may be preached, God raises some men up to uh, be apostles and evangelists and teachers and that kind of thing, as we read in Ephesians chapter 4. Um, but if the minister or if the bishop teaches things that are contrary to the gospel or to the apostles' doctrine, then what do you do? Oh. <laughs> Stay away, right? Galatians chapter Show them yeah. in the Bible where they're wrong. Well, yeah, or, or more likely just leave. <laughs> uh, um, you're not, um, be, right, Galatians chapter one. If anybody should teach to you a gospel different than the one I taught to you, let him be accursed. Paul says it twice there. Um, so you don't have to listen to bishops who deny the gospel or deny who don't teach uh, what the Bible teaches. Um, uh, and why is this important for Mr. Philip living in the 1500s? Because of the Reformation. Luther right. was excommunicated and trying right. to be killed. Right. Because this is the claim. The claim is always going to be from Rome and from the Orthodox to us. You're not a church because your pastor was not ordained by a bishop in Apost who came from Rome, right? You you you're you don't have the Lord's Supper. You don't right. That's what they're going to say. This is like this is where all the marbles are uh, uh, when you come into any discussion with a Roman Catholic or a, or this is what everything just boils down to uh, is this question. Um. So. So when, we don't call ourselves Lutheran, ourselves Christian. Well, we call ourselves Lutheran um, because that's the name that was given to us by our opponents. Um, and so we wear, we wear it as a badge of honor. Um, uh, Luther just wanted to be called um, Christian or Evangelish, evangelical. Um, we can't call ourselves evangelical because that term is used by other people. Um, uh, some people prefer evangelical Catholic, but that doesn't help very much either. Um, mm. So we've kind of stuck with Lutheran because there's no other. Uh, how, the, the, the Book of Concord doesn't call us Lutheran. It calls us the Churches of the Augsburg Confession. The church, but that's a mouthful. And so what, what ends up happening? They just call us Lutheran. I'll pick the name. But, um, okay, now, now we're getting on to, to Dale's question here and to Susan's question. All right. Um, so how are you going to judge when a, a controversy or a dissension or uh, a conflict arises about some passage in the Bible, some statement or some doctrine or teaching, um, so who's going to settle the controversy? Um, and that's the question. And, and so we say the Bible, the word of God itself is the final judge. It settles all controversies. And some people will pardon? read the same Bible verse and it'll mean something different. Right. 
right? And, and so we add to that the as a witness, um, as a witness, the um, the confession of the true church. That just doesn't mean our our Lutheran confessions. It means that there have always been some godly uh, pastors and teachers who have taught what the Word of God says. Always. Um, and so um, you can. Um, it, so let's say you're having a disagreement with somebody over um, uh, baptism saves. You're talking to a Baptist. They don't believe baptism saves. They believe baptism um, is a sign of your confession of faith. Um, and you cite one verse and they cite another verse. Um, well, then you can go and you can go back to the earliest Christians and you can say, look, and you can track, look, and you can track what the earliest Christians have, have always said. And you can say, look, Christians have always taught this. Nobody taught what you ta what you're saying until this date right here. We can we can we can see where the where the rail where where the group went off the the rail. You can do that um, with, with a lot of things: with baptism, uh, the Lord's Supper. You, you can do that. You can, we have we have the writings of the 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 disciples of the apostles. We um, so not like the apostles, but their disciples. Um, that that date from like 100 to 115, 120, something like that, AD, right? So when was Revelation written? It was written like 90. So we have the writings like a decade later of Christians after Revelation. Um, guys were martyred. Uh, they're called the Apostolic Fathers. We have the writings. You can see uh, a lot of good stuff in there. And so this is why people, not me, I'm not a patristics guy, but you can go and look at guys who study the church fathers and they can show you these things. And that's why knowing history is important because they can show us, hey, and that, that's what the Lutherans said when they were talking the, in the Augsburg Confession. It says, listen, we're not teaching anything new. Everything that we've said is, is the teaching of the church and we're not inventing anything new here um, and, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's, so you, you start with the word of God and then you go to other uh, um, teachers who say, yeah, that is the correct interpretation of the word of God. Um, as, as not that you trust their authority over the Bible, but they are giving their witness, their testimony to the correct understanding. Uh, does that make sense? Okay. Don't have those things on the top of my head, though. You don't have those things. Neither do I, honestly. So, so I have to depend on what I know and what I've learned from the Bible, period. True. Absolutely. And, and, um, uh, and you're absolutely right. Um, but we're talking like on a bigger level here, right? If oh, there's yeah. a controversy between pastors and a church. I'll um, send them to you then. <laughs> well, I'll send them to Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, really. <laughs> um, but, so, so, but that's the idea. Um, the word of God is the final judge in all things. Um, and even when you cite the authority of a church father or a teacher or a pastor, um, they're only 
giving their witness that yes, that's the correct interpretation of that verse. Um, so, um, um, uh, da, 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 um, so where is the church to be sought? It's where, where are you going to find it? You're going to find it where the voice of the gospel is proclaimed uncorrupted. Now that doesn't just, excuse me, that doesn't just mean, um, the, the, the gospel narrowly. It means all of the, the teachings that you find in like the apostles creed, uh, those kinds of things. Um, the whole thing that we teach. Um, and, and so, uh, many, many church fathers, many, uh, pastors and teachers and denominations held or hold to that foundation, right? That foundation of, of, of the gospel and, um, and uh and the the sacraments um so paul says in first corinthians three this is another important verse this answers dale's question i'll read this one for the sake of time first corinthians 3 uh 11 uh and onward first corinthians 3 11 for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will, be, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So the point here, um, the point here is there's lots of denominations out there. Oh, we lost, uh, we lost the people whose answer I'm about to give. They <laughs> <laughs> um, can catch it after, I guess. Um, so there's lots of denominations that have that foundation, right? They have the foundation of Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. They believe, they believe in the gospel. They believe in justification by faith. Um, uh, this kind of thing. Uh, but they, then, um, they, what, what do they build on that? They build on that wood, hay, and straw. And it gets burnt up, but they're saved because they hold to the, that core, foundational teaching you understand you see where you see where i'm going with this mm -hmm. um and so um that's um that means that we should look for a church in which all of the articles of faith are correctly taught um or oh, let me back up so um there's some people who, who wander around from church to church or from denomination to denomination. And they wander because they can't seem to find the perfect or the ideal church. Um, and every church that they find has some defect of morals. Oh, these guys were mean to me. Or, oh, these guys, you know, 
they have a, a uh, they have bad discipline or whatever the reason is. So then, but we, what is the reason? Or this group didn't have the kids programs that I wanted. This church, um, uh, the pastor's ugly, and I don't want to see his face every week. Um, <laughs> whatever the reason is so what is the reason why we should pick a church we should pick a church that teaches all of the articles of faith correctly and which chat which preaches law and gospel um and calls upon god in prayer and invites us to to join in with prayer uh and these kinds of things um that's um what we should uh that's where we should grab um now um the further you the the more things you start denying right the more articles of faith you start you start denying um the the more um uncertain the more uncertain we become does that make sense the more you start denying the more uncertain we become um but if that foundation is still there, um, we know that there's going to be Christians there. Um, and so um, we would even say that, yeah, um, even in, in the Roman Catholic Church, there are true Christians. Um, because um, the preaching of Jesus Christ crucified sometimes gets preached, doesn't it? Um, and if it doesn't, they still have the creed. Where they read, I, I believe in, you know, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. Um, and so, um, and, and they, read, they read the words of scripture um, and these kinds of things. Um, and so, because of that, um, uh, there are true Christians there. Um, um, and and that's, that's important to note. Um, but that doesn't mean that... Um, we should have fellowship with that, um, you know, because um, if, if, if we are called to believe all of what God has told us and this other group doesn't believe all of what God has told us, um, even if it's a secondary thing and we fellow and we join with them, um, what does that say? What does that what does that reveal about how how important what God we think God, what God has said to us is? Well, we're making up our own mind instead of what the Bible says. Right, and, and so um, right, and um, it, and it shows that we don't place an, a value on what God mm -hmm. says, and so the correct way to go about joining church two denominations joining together is to sit down at the table and open their Bibles and say, what do we actually agree? Right. Do we actually agree? Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't agree on this. Okay. Why don't we agree? Is it just a, a difference of terms? Is it a, is, or is it a real difference? Okay. It's a real difference. Let's go to, and, and that's what our denomination does. We, we sit down with Roman Catholics and, we sit down with Anglicans and we sit down with all sorts of people. And that's what our, our, our denomination is good at. We sit down and we say, no, we're not, 
this is what we believe. Do you believe the same? No. Okay. Well, where do we agree? Okay. We agree on these things. Okay. Well, let's write a fancy document and, and say how nice it is that we agree on these things over here. And that's, that's, um, and, and it gets press and Canadian Lutheran writes articles about it. And that's, um, and that's, that's good. And it should be done that way. Um, um, yeah. It's difficult though. Let's, let's think about the other side of our, our Lutheran church, the Candace in it, just as an example. Mm -hmm. So they have, they have lady ministers. So right. at the beginning though, they didn't. Right. Now they, they have allowed that to happen. So if you belong to that church, if that's just one aspect, we know that there are other things too in the Candace sure. in it. But if you take that as an example and you've been brought, brought up in that church and everything was going along the way that you felt was right and the way that you were brought up and so on. So you have to make a decision then, don't you? Am I going to stay here or am I going to go? Am I going to, this right. isn't important because they're telling you now that, okay, well, this isn't really what the Bible says. Like it's difficult when you belong to a church for a long period of time and then oh, yeah. something kind of goes off kilter a little bit. What are you going to do? I got the t-shirt on that one. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's hard. I can tell you from experience when you're raised in a, in, in one track thinking and, and all you see the Bible, all of a sudden it says something different. I mean, that's hard. It took me, yes. it, took, it took me years to come out of the Watchtower Society. It doesn't happen overnight. It took it takes years to undo your thinking. Um, and even still, after I left the Watchtower Society, um, I had to wander around the churches until I found Lutheranism, right? Because I, I didn't know, I, uh, I know this Jesus guy died for me. What do I do now? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then there's like five different kinds of Lutherans too. Right. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. The, the so first then it's like, okay, ever, which one of these am I going to pick? Like, you know, it's a, it's a hard call. It, it is a hard call. And I, and, uh, the first, the first Lutheran church I called up was, was the other synod. And he, he started talking to me about how Jesus didn't really rise again. He just rises again in your hearts. I'm like, oh, oh I, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I wow. went to first. After that, I went to first. And, and first, um, I almost didn't go because their website hadn't been updated since like 1995. So I didn't know anything about them. So I, um, uh, I almost didn't go, but I decided to ignore the website and give it a chance. And then I went and I, the rest, as they say, is history. Um, um, so yeah, with other denominations, um, uh, if they have that foundation of the gospel, um, then, then we know that uh, there are true Christians there, um, and the, the more, the more, um, the more things they start denying uh, that are in the Bible, the the, the more uncertain we become, um, and, and that's that's the best way. Uh, another way to another way to put that is we can't say where the church isn't; we can say where it is. Does that does that does that mm -hmm. help? Um, I don't know, you know, so you can say it that way. I don't know where the, if, if you are the church or not, but I know that these guys are the church because the gospel is preached, the sacraments are administered, we teach the faith, right? That's another way to think about it. Um, 
I, you don't, uh, I don't know where the church isn't. I know where the church is. <laughs> um, uh, so can that, I ask, can I ask sure. a question? Because um, I was asked this once, well, where does it say that the sacraments, like the body and blood have to be um, done by a minister? Um, great question. Let's hold off on that because we're going to start with the sacraments next week. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but now that you've asked me that, um, I'll, I'll make sure I have more than just an off the top of my head answer um, when we come to the Lord's Supper because that, that's, that's, that's very good. Um, very good question. And I want to have a good answer for you on that one. So, um, um, uh, and quickly, uh, we could spend some time, but I won't, but we have the four attributes of the church. One, undivided, I'm just going to rattle off my bullet list here for you. We say the church is one holy Catholic and apostolic. One means it's undivided, means we're united by one faith in Christ. It means we're gathered by one Lord into one body. That means despite the denominations, we're only one church uh, with one head uh, and one baptism. Uh, and all of that was in Ephesians 4. We read it. Um, uh, things which destroy our unity. Uh, schism, which is um, even though you might hold to the same faith, uh, you, you make a, a division or a partisanship, or you break away over things that don't that don't matter. Um, most of the divisions in our Lutheran Church are as the result of schism. Um, then you have heresy, which is directly rejecting something that's clearly in, taught in the Bible. Um, so that's one. Holy. It means in the church we're made holy by the Son through the Holy Spirit. We're set apart from the world. And our holiness means that the Holy Spirit is working in the church to, uh, to give us faith and renew us and keep us in the one true faith. Catholic, the word means universal. Uh, it implies that the church is not restricted to one place, but it's throughout the world. It's not restricted to one time, but it's throughout all times that God gathers his church. And it's not restricted to a certain people, but it's to everybody who have Christ as their head. And it also implies that we teach all of Christian doctrine, not just some. So um, Roman Catholic is an oxymoron. You're limiting, um, <laughs> you're by default limiting what the word means. Um, and then finally, apostolic. It means the church is, to, to be an apostle is, is to be sent. Uh, it, uh, an apostle is a sent one. Um, it, it so it means the church has been sent into the world. It means also, when we say the church is apostolic, it means we're grounded on the testimony of the apostles because they're the ones who, who saw the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And it means we continue the um, apostolic ministry. It means that um, um, through the preaching uh, of, the, uh, uh, of the sacraments, uh, a preaching of the truth and administration of the sacraments. Okay. So next week, I think I'll do the office of the ministry. I can probably answer your question on that, Gail. It's a good question. So we'll, we'll deal with the office of the ministry. Uh, why do we need pastors? That kind of thing. Um, and uh, I'm sorry this one went a little long. I mean, whole books have been written about the church, and I just scratched the surface. Um, so uh, thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, hopefully you found this interesting.
hopefully a little challenging, maybe, uh, uh, hopefully I didn't bore you to death. <laughs> um, uh, and if anybody wants a, um, any book recommendations on some on any on the church, if you want to dig into this a little bit more, I can I can always do that too. All right. Any questions before we uh, close with prayer? All right. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have called us uh, out of the world and given us a home in your church. Uh, Lord, we look at the, the state of your church and we agree with that, that hymn that we see it by uh, schism rent asunder and heresy distressed. And Lord, we, we have our little place in the body, St. Peter's Lutheran Church. We pray that you would uh, make sure that in our <laughs> local church that your gospel is already always preached and that we correctly use your, your sacraments given uh, for us to strengthen our faith and preserve us. Uh, Lord, preserve your church throughout the world uh, in all its branches and denominations, uh, preserve it and, and make it a home where the lost are brought to you. Uh, this we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Pastor. Good night, y'all. Um, Good night. Steve, I'm going to email you. Good night. Okay. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.